This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, September 8th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Today on the show, your car has the power to gather and sell data about your life. But first, low-risk campaigns for the 2024 frontrunners. Our weekly politics state of play is today's one big thing. The 2024 presidential election is looking different from elections past for a number of reasons, with a former president running against a current president, something that's only happened a handful of times in U.S. history, and now with some distinctly low-profile campaigns from the frontrunners. Axios' Alex Thompson has this and more. Hey, Alex. Hey. Is it fair to say that both Joe Biden and Donald Trump are running more subtle campaigns this time around? I mean, I would go a little bit further. I would say they're running very low risk, very low visibility campaigns at this moment. Now, things could change next year, but there's reason to believe that we're going to see a 2024 campaign without, you know, a lot of traditional campaigning. And so former President Trump needled Joe Biden saying he was running a basement campaign. Are you saying that Trump is doing the same thing right now? Yes, 100%. Essentially, he's being way out-campaigned by all of his rivals in terms of number of public events. Donald Trump only did two public campaign events in the entire month of August, opting for more private events. I think there are two things going on. One is the guy's 77. He doesn't have the same energy as some of his younger opponents. But there's also the fact that he is now under four indictments. There's also a possibility that there could be more or more charges added to those indictments. And the fact of the matter is that his lawyers want him to do, you know, have a little bit low risk because there is a real possibility that if Trump does not win this next presidential election, he will spend the rest of his life in jail. And so his lawyers are saying, you need to be careful. You need to be cautious. I want to get back to former President Trump in a minute. But first, Alex, how are we seeing Joe Biden run a low-profile campaign? Yeah, so obviously the quote-unquote basement campaign became a meme of the 2020 election during COVID. Now, Joe Biden's campaign, distinctly from Donald Trump's, made it a top priority, really the, the priority, that Joe Biden cannot catch COVID during this campaign. As a result, he did almost no public campaigning and did a lot in a studio set up in the basement of his Wilmington home. Now what you're seeing is that Joe Biden is 80. He's turning 81 later this year. He'd be 86 at the end of the second term. And he is doing a lot of events, but they're almost all presidential events. Essentially, there is a question of whether or not you know, he can sort of keep up this robust schedule that you've seen from presidents like Obama, George W. Bush, where you're doing this one-two punch of both presidential events and campaign events simultaneously. And so far, Joe Biden has only done one campaign rally since he announced his candidacy in April. I don't want to let you go without asking you about the fact that a judge just ruled this week that Trump is liable for defamatory statements he made about E. Jean Carroll. 
How are the former president's legal troubles, multiple lawsuits, trials going to play into how he's running his campaign? Is that another motivator, as you're saying, for this kind of basement campaign? Yes, in part because lawyers have indicated that a lower risk strategy may be better. Logistically, the legal matters are going to suck up a lot of Donald Trump's time. And the fact of the matter is that he is going to have to be involved in some of it. And a lot of that's going to be behind closed doors. So that's going to take him off the trail. Then there's the other question of what does this mean politically? You've seen poll after poll saying that Republican voters actually feel they are more likely to support him because of these indictments, that Trump has essentially made himself into a sort of martyred figure for a lot of these people's grievances. The question, though, if he does become the nominee, do these indictments end up starting to hurt him politically? Do independents in the swing states, which are Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, how do they feel? Alex Thompson is Axios' national political correspondent. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Earlier this week, we told you about Narcan, the opioid overdose reversal drug becoming available over-the-counter for the first time in many places, for a suggested retail price of $44.99. Since then, we've been hearing many of your thoughts and stories. Hi, this is Jenny from Burlington, Vermont. My cousin overdosed in 2017. He was with someone at the time who was too scared to call the paramedics, and tragically, he died. It's very painful to know that his life could have been saved by Narcan if that person had either called the paramedics or had had Narcan on hand to use on him. I'm really glad that Narcan is going over the counter, but I wish there was a way to distribute it widely at little or no cost. Vermont just installed a vending machine that gives it to people here for free, and I'd love to see something similar like that happening nationwide. Thank you. And Jesse from Oakland, California, wrote to tell us that Narcan and fentanyl testing strips can be found in many local bars in his area, free of charge. Thanks, as always, for sharing your thoughts. After the break, a new report on the lack of privacy in our cars. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boudou. A new report says your car has unmatched power to spy on you and share that data. Axios' Felix Salmon covered this new report from the Mozilla Foundation, which says automakers essentially have no respect for our privacy. Hi, Felix. Good morning, Nyla. So, Felix, famously, there's the story of the CNBC executive whose car was totaled and sent to Ukraine, still connected to his Spotify account. Is that an example of the kind of privacy mess we're talking about here? That's a very rare consumer-facing example. It's where the big, huge 25 gigabytes per hour per car per driver of data that gets spewed out of today's connected cars somehow inadvertently finds its way back to the actual driver. Most of the time, this data flow is very much one way from the car to the manufacturer. And we don't know 
what kind of data the manufacturer is collecting, what they're selling, what they're handing over to law enforcement. They're not telling us. They all signed the privacy policy. Well, nearly all of them signed the privacy policy. And one of the more alarming revelations from the Mozilla report was that zero of the 20 signatories to that privacy policy are actually following it. And are they transparent about their data privacy policies? That's one of the promises they're not adhering to. They all promised that they would be transparent about this kind of thing, and none of them are. Can you put this into context for us? How much data actually could be gleaned from someone's car? What are we talking about? So in numbers, it's 25 gigabytes per hour, which is absolutely enormous. In dollars, it's hundreds of billions of dollars per year. It's all the obvious things like where you're driving, how fast you're accelerating or braking. Also, everything you're doing in the infotainment system, what songs you're listening to, what apps you're using, when you're making phone calls, when you're getting text messages, there is a whole bunch of data that companies like Nissan and Kia say they can share with their partners, which includes like immigration status, driver's license number, sexual activity, genetic makeup. Who knows whether they actually have that information, but they say that they reserve the right to share it if they do. Who would buy this? Data brokers and basically anyone in the big data world, all of those big secretive companies that either want to target us with ads or want to sell us stuff or just want to know for whatever nefarious reasons they might have about what we're all doing. So where does that leave consumers? In a really bad place. If you want to buy a car that respects your privacy... The only real option you have is don't buy a new car. You have to buy an old car, a dumb car. Today's cars are all computers on wheels, and they will share your data. If you buy a 1985 Volvo, then I suppose you don't need to worry. Axios's Felix Salmon. Thanks, Felix. Thanks, Nella. I know we reached out to Kia and Nissan for their comment, and both said they take consumer privacy seriously. We have their full responses in our show notes. And finally today, some news about us. Next Friday, September 15th, will be the last episode of Axios Today. After an incredible three and a half years with you, some of the most engaged listeners I've come across in this business. But there's some very good news also. I'm not going away as we're reimagining our audio presence at Axios. And we're going to be back very soon with a new weekly program that I'll be hosting and I can't wait to share with you. So keep following us and stay subscribed so you don't miss the new show coming next month. And we'll have more information on that very soon. Axios Today is produced by Fonda Mwangi, Lydia McMullen-Laird, and Robin Lin. Our senior sound engineer and producer is Alex Sugiara. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer. Asia Whitaker-Moore is Axios's executive editor. And Sarah kehalani Gu is Axios's editor-in-chief. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday.